Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me at the table is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. A table, not the table. Because in the past, when we've done the guest star episodes, we've been at a different table. We're trying out a new table. Table, 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 table. It worked out so well for us when we moved from like the couch and we had to record in the bed that time because your mom was staying with us. <laughs> That was a terrible episode, so hopefully this will be better. Like whispering the whole time, because <laughs> was... we're, we're just making fun of my mother who's on the other <laughs> side of the door. Uh, but we're not making fun of the guests that are here with us How today. is Maureen? Who cares? Uh, <laughs> we're not making fun of the guests that are with us today, because it has uh, been a long time coming, both in terms of like this past month and also basically this past year, and they don't even know it. Uh, joining us from uh, good old California, correct? Still California? All right, good. <laughs> it is Keaton and Kim. Keaton and Kim, what's going on? Um, you know, not too much. We're just wrapping up the end of our days here, um, and and we are very excited to to join you on the podcast for sure. I think this is the first time we've had a West Coaster join us, right? I think so. This is the biggest time difference I yeah. think we've had on the show. I, I've had Andrew on the show in person before, and he currently lives on the West Coast, at least this minute, because um, he he moves constantly. But uh, he's lived out there for a while. Yeah, it's been been, been enough. It, how? So, first question, unrelated to anything. Both of you are originally from the the East Coast. How was it like adjusting to West Coast like life? So I've always been curious about you know like sports start sports and movies start differently and like talking yeah. to family and friends like is it a big adjustment it's great um, <laughs> from, a, from a sports point of view i mean think about it even right the oscars were just recently and they started at maybe eight or nine eastern so we're you know just wrapping up the evening wrapping up sunday 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 evening chores and boom you can just turn on the oscars and get to sleep at a at a reasonable time so that's Oscars. You got you got West Coast games. Um, you've got uh, what else over here? I guess that's about it. <laughs> the the only time I experienced it was when we went to Vegas like ten years ago. Basically, at this point, we like woke up Sunday and I we were walking through the casino and I was like, oh, how is like the Raiders game on already? When they were still like in Oakland, doesn't matter they're in Vegas now because it was like noon. I was like, oh, right, the time change. <laughs> so right. I was like, that's got to be great to like just be done with everything. Like de like dinner time and yeah. like be able to do other things. Yeah. I was going to say, like, my adjustment was a bit awkward because my company is still primarily based in Boston. Oh, so no. some days I have West Coast days and some days I have East Coast days. And so my day can go anywhere from... It was going anywhere from like six in the morning until um, like five o'clock here. 
Oh my gosh. Well, you have a little bit of that because of your team. Well, yeah, but Boston is on the East Coast and I am on the East Coast. No, I'm talking about when you, don't you have like morning calls with like oh, yeah. Bangalore? I have, I have a team in <laughs> yeah. Bangalore. Yes, but they work an overnight shift. They work an overnight shift. Yeah, you're starting your day and they're like, peace. Yeah, basically they work until about, um, like they start at like 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. Our time until about 11, a, 11 a.m. Gotcha. Well, this isn't married with time zones, but <laughs> <laughs> it is married with movies. And uh, what we do here, if you're new, is uh, Smith and I married. We have a lot of movies, and we talk about those movies, and we also talk about our lives. And once a month, we bring uh, guests on our show. That, because that's uh, much better than just talking to each other. God, if I can talk to somebody, anybody else, that'd be great. So that's why we have two of them here. Oh, sorry, this is that's like Kim's face. Yeah, this is the banter. This is the usual thing. <laughs> We don't really you guys, get along. you guys oh, are the positivity, the positive side of marriage. Uh, <laughs> compared- the newly- oh no, I, yeah. the, the face was for mullet needing a, an audience to talk to. This man can talk anybody and everything's ear off. <laughs> okay, so she's so you've trained her well. Got it. Not that she's trained. <laughs> <Don't lie>. <laughs> <laughs> um. So another thing I wanted to ask you guys because when I'm titling the show, we've had other married couples on. It's varied in terms of like how we refer to them. So do you guys just want to be like Keaton and Kim, like Sonny and Cher? Or do you want to be like... <laughs> the doctors? Yeah, like how, how should we title this for you guys with your names? I, I think that's perfectly fine. Because if you were to try and do like one of these celebrity power couple names, it just sounds awful. Like Kim Tan. Kim Tan. <laughs> or something awful like I that. I like that. Tan. I think Kim Tan is in one of the early Jackie Chan movies. Yeah, um, but yeah, so I, so I always tell you a little backstory to like who the people are. So Keaton is one of my longest friends. We've known each other over 20 years at this point. That's gross. Uh, and I, I don't mean it in terms of like, <laughs> I'm tired of knowing you. I'm like, I can't believe I've, I've known somebody. Someone's put up with me We've for over 20 long. years. We've been alive that long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Keaton was, uh, we were college roommates for the first three years of college. Um, specifically in the dorms at the University of Florida. Um, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I was a terrible roommate back then. And I'd like to think I've been better now, right? No. Sweet. Um, so, yeah. So, Keaton Ke- and I in high school did everything together. We worked at the movie theater at the same time together. Uh, we did robotics together. We were in IB together. Uh, we we, we, terror- we, we terrorized each other's parents together. Uh, <laughs> it was... <laughs> It was, it was lovely. Uh, for, for all of those listening out there, I terrorized mullet period for far too long. This man is, you know, he's a very, uh, he's a very welcoming punching bag, but man, he takes it with grace. Hey, I, I there is no easier target and I love being it, but I can, I can, t- I can fire some shots off myself sure, every now and then. Sure, But I think out of the two of you, you're the only one who developed a, severe dislike of a food group because of the other look i never liked applesauce but he didn't help that he would eat it sitting on a bunk bed with his feet dangling over my face <laughs> uh, and i think that's all you need to know about the, your guys relationship no, 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 this sums it up perfectly for halloween one year keaton was my dad and <laughs> former guest on the show tony was my mom <laughs> and they just yelled at me the entire time yeah. during the party to do things better 
this was uh, not too far of an extension of my own personality where I would just yell at Mullet for doing different things or not doing different things. So it was, for me, it wasn't a stretch. And this is what I must apologize for and, and hopefully have apologized for in the past previously. It's it's fine. I, I think I before my dad passed, I told him that you did that and he thought it was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> he thought it was really cool that you were him for Halloween. I didn't give him any other context behind it, but I think he still would have liked it anyway. So, you know, it, it worked that well. And then, of course, Kim, we've known for a few years since uh, Keaton has been together and you guys got married technically twice now. You've been, you've been married twice. That's right. Yeah. Keep it fresh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so what we do with every guest, so we've been trying to do this. We watched the movie a month ago at this point, but as we talked about on la our last week's episode, we had, um, the cruise and just scheduling conflicts and some, some illnesses. So we had to postpone a little bit, but what you guys don't know is, um, this is technically like our second season of the guest stars, but you're supposed to be in the first season. You're going to be our season one finale. But now you're okay. just opening the second season that was scheduled right in the middle of oh. us like moving. So I was like, let's just wait. <laughs> so here we finally are. So what we'll be doing for each guest star, because what we normally do up front is we talk about the stuff we're currently watching or the stuff we currently like or things that are newer. We haven't uh, had a chance to review for the show. I've been asking every guest uh, star, guest couple. What are you guys watching? Two questions. Number one, what are you guys watching right now? It can be movies, it can be TV shows. What What are you guys catching uh, after hours that you're enjoying that you can recommend to people? I mean, we just wrapped up The Last of Us. So that's oh, yeah? been occupying our, our uh, after work lives for a while now. Yeah, we're equal nerds to uh, you host there. And so during the pandemic, Kim uh, took the plunge, her very first plunge, and bought a PS5. Ooh. And uh, one of the games that came recommended was a what was The Last of Us, and That's you know cool. fortune had it that we could play the game and then see how uh, Hollywood, you know, put a spin on it. Mm -hmm. And uh, it actually didn't seem like they did yeah. too much, um, and they did a great job. I don't know if you guys have also been uh, watching that one. Not yet. And I when these like zeitgeist shows start. I have such anxiety of like, I, we got to get going or else it's going to be too late. Yeah. Either stuff gets spoiled or like, I feel like kind of like a poser where I'm like, oh yeah, I love The Last of Us. And like, I started the middle of season two, not that it matters or anything, but we, it's, it's like at the top of my list to start. Cause so many people that like, I wouldn't even expect to recommend it, have recommended it to me, which just shows mm. how like crossover like, it's you been already. To have played the game to enjoy it. One also the, the video game stigma of it is like, right. I can count on one hand the number of good video game, anything but video games there have been movies, TVs, you know, anything. Mm -hmm. So for this to be mm -hmm. you know, as lauded as it is, yeah. I'm like, okay, Absolutely. I'll watch Pedro Pascal read the fucking phone book. Like he's, I mean, he's, he's great. <laughs> he's awesome. Absolutely. Um, and then the so, other question, yeah. go ahead. You have more. Oh, I was going to uh, just, add in there we finished the white lotus on hbo not too long ago that's the other one i don't know if you guys have caught that one nope that's the other one that we we've been in like a bad stretch and the problem is like in the past two weeks like four or five of the shows like we always watch have announced like when they're coming back so barry's final season starts in april ted, ted lasso. lasso starts tomorrow um 
Uh, I think Survivor's back. Uh, I'm a big reality TV nerd. Uh, I watch it with you. <laughs> Uh, I think you should leave. New season starts in yeah. May. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And there's another one. There was another one where I was like, we're just getting everything all at once. And everything everywhere? All yeah. at once. <laughs> uh, so, like, <laughs> I want to get these ones that we need, that are easily able to be knocked out, like The White Lotus and like The Last of Us, before any of that stuff starts. But uh, do you guys liked it? Recommend? Yeah. It's different. Highly recommend. Um, I would say Kim is not the biggest fan of dramas, but this one was just so engaging uh, that it was hard to turn away from. I mean, I look at it as like a murder mystery, I guess. Oh, right. Um, I guess that's how I helped keep my attention. Uh, I was okay. trying to figure out like who was going to die at the end of it and whatnot. Um, okay. But I'm not sure it's phenomenal that you just get sucked in regardless. That's awesome. And it's, I know it's not like a through and through drama, right? Because Mike White is very much like has like his comedic hat on for e- even like the more serious, th- serious things. So that's the other thing that I, I've, I've liked a lot of Mike White stuff back from like School Rock and everything. So an amazing race and, and, and amazing. Survivor. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. He's a, he's, everything is full circle. Yes. He was on Survivor. <laughs> I, I know. And amazing race with his dad. Yeah. He did. He went, he didn't win either one. No, because it's Mike White. Yeah, look but, at him. I mean, come on. <laughs> so, at least he tried. He tried. He tried. Um, and then what's the other question the you always other ask? other question I always ask people is, uh, what's the last thing you went to go see in the theaters? Now, we started this back in, like, the early part of 2021 when it's like, what are you actually braving the world to do? And now <laughs> it's just, like, you know, more more common. But, yeah, what are the last couple things you guys uh, saw in the theater? Oh. The theater? The Oh, wow. Yeah, there was definitely a lull there. But it's so the funny thing is, the last thing that we saw was almost certainly everything everywhere all at once. The yeah. For the second time. time. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, we didn't actually catch that in theaters because most things we managed to make it to the theater nor have, have to be child appropriate, which we're blessed with somebody that can actually sit through like. Marvel MCU movie yeah, is for like duration and content, which is good. I didn't need to tell Julia what you know, the butt plug scene was all about. I really <laughs> didn't need to. Do, and like, it was bad enough. She watched some of the Oscars with us and they, when they did the song, they had the hot dog hands and Julia's like, why are his fingers so long? And then we had to like explain kind of part of the premise of the movie. And she's like, okay. Like, <laughs> cool <laughs> great there's nothing like a six-year-old like going like yeah, yeah okay and making you feel like a fucking loser <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like one of the best movies ever made it's funny I, I asked this question and i think the last thing we saw in theaters was black panther i think it's been it's been like four or five months since we've been to the movies makes sense yeah i mean i've seen plenty of stuff because thankfully streaming now i i've watched like oh, newer yeah. things at home like I just watched a bunch of the Oscar movies over the past couple of weeks, but actual like destination, go into theaters and see it. Yeah, you're right. It's definitely been a lull. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you're right. Yeah. Come to kind of speak of it. Yeah. We did watch uh, the second Black Panther in theaters. As well okay. as Avatar. The second one. Oh, right. So, Avatar. Okay. How'd you guys like Avatar? Because that's one that we referenced, you know, Julian can sit through a two hour and 40 minute like superhero movie. We didn't even test it with with, with Avatar. It's like, ah, I just yeah. don't trust it. So we didn't go see it. What oh. did you guys think? 
We haven't talked to anybody about it. How'd you like Avatar 1? We liked it. I saw it in theaters twice. We went IMAX and regular, yeah. I think. And yeah, and Ferngull is one of my favorite movies, so it carried <laughs> over. Yeah. And I, I enjoyed the interpretation of it. Yeah. Oh, been great. You'll love Avatar 2. It's the exact same movie. Okay, cool. <laughs> that's what I've heard. <laughs> Except Sigourney Weaver's a teenager, right? That's literally the only difference. Yeah, that's that, right? It's so... It's pretty. It's pretty. <laughs> it's pretty. I mean, there's only Not so much... Yeah. Okay. Just from the way Kim has been answering some questions, I want you guys to come back and we're going to watch a really, really bad movie just to test how diplomatic and nice Kim can be about things. <laughs> we should send them scroll. I'm not going to, I wouldn't send my worst enemy scroll. That's one of the worst movies ever made. That's not even a movie. That's just a bunch of garbage. Um, and it's coming from me who literally used to drag Keaton to every bad movie I could manage. And every now and then we get lucky and see one where we're like, oh, this actually isn't bad. I was shocked, by the way, so we're going to get into your list here in a second. Uh, that I, I don't know why, but I thought one of your movies was going to be Unleashed, that Jet Li movie. <laughs> okay. Because the two of us saw that uh, the day after prom. Um, what studs? Well. What studs? We were up till 7 o'clock at night playing a $2 game of poker. At night? Yes, we were up till seven o'clock in the morning. Sorry, did I say night? Yes. Morning, playing a shitty game of poker uh, with just a bunch of other dudes. And then we turned our tuxes back and we're like, you want to go <laughs> keep hanging out? <laughs> so we went to go see Unleashed. <laughs> it was the only thing that was like playing at the time we went. And I could still get in for free. And it's this Jet Li movie that Morgan Freeman happens to be in and Bob Hoskins. And it was really good. We're like, this is kind of dope. That's cool. And then we went and had the worst barbecue meal of our entire <laughs> fucking lives at Bono's, which isn't even around anymore. And, and now we uh, know why. <laughs> yeah, because we got salmonella as we were sitting there. It was terrible. <laughs> I think it was. you could specifically order it. Yeah, yeah. can I get the salmonella ribs, please? Um, exactly. Yeah. But that was not on your list. Uh, your list, so uh, for, again, for those of you that are, that are new, if we have a guest star on the show, the process is we send the, the guest stars our list of movies. They pick five for us to choose from. Uh, we select one, and the movies that you guys, that we did not pick off of your list actually have a chance to being watched again at the end of the year in a convoluted way that we do our awards. So you guys are still contributing to the show, even with what uh, we didn't pick. So the movies that we didn't pick from you guys, I feel bad because one of them we actually had just done for the podcast and the list wasn't 100% up to date. Oh, Young Frankenstein. We literally just done Young Frankenstein. Um, so that was one. And then one of the movies you nominated was Dune. And I don't know if we made it clear on the list. Were you trying to nominate the original Dune or the newer Dune? Oh, shit. I like the new one. Yeah. Okay, because we have the original one. We <laughs> we have, the year. Yeah, yeah, we should put the year. It's like the like the eighties David Lynch one. So, uh, which oh, is right. fine. I'm one hundred percent nominating that at the end of the year, <laughs> along along with whatever else. <laughs> uh, so the other two we uh, we did not pick were Grandma's Boy, which is not, again another creepy uh, coincidence. We just talked about it when we did the wedding singer. We did, yes. Because because Alan Covert and then Robin Hood Men in Tights was the other one uh, that we uh, didn't pick. What we ultimately ended up picking, as everyone can tell from the title of the episode, is Liar Liar. Uh, Pants on Fire. Not the name of the movie. Uh, go ahead and read the package, and then we will get into it. Trust me, 
<clears throat> Carrie is screamingly funny, says the New York Daily News. The truth shall set you free or get you into a lot of trouble. Comic genius Jim Carrey pulls out all the laughs in Liar Liar as the fast-talking attorney and habitual liar who, forced by his son's magical birthday wish, must tell the truth for the next 24 hours. He soon discovers that his biggest asset, his mouth, has suddenly become his biggest liability in this heartwarming and outrageously funny, says the New York Post, smash hit. Yes! We have a reading challenge. If you mess up on reading the box, you get a point. Samantha's currently losing, so she needed that. What's the score? Four to one. Four to one, ouch. Um, you got off easy. There wasn't any big words or anything there. Uh, liar, liar. Why did you guys nominate Liar, liar? You want to tell them the origin story? No, you should tell them the origin story. Um, basically, on Kim and I's first date, uh, it concluded with us watching Liar Liar because it it was one of my favorites growing up. That's so sweet. The first movie we ever saw on a date together was, uh, what was it? Rain Over Me, which is that Adam Adam Sandler, Sandler, Don Cheadle, like depressing as fuck movie. It's the Adam Sandler's (laughs) family died in 9-11 movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like our first date. Yeah. Um, by ourselves, that's the movie we saw. So, so and we're guys, still, and we've been together sixteen years. So you guys are gonna be together like ninety. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I was, I knew how strongly Keaton felt about it, and I was, I was hoping that Kim felt the same, and I figured that's where we got there because I think if I had to make like a top five list of like the movies I've quoted the most in my oh, life. Absolutely. I think it's liar, liar. I think this has to be up there for everybody. It's just something about our age. Okay. You figure this movie came out when we were all like 10, 11. So it's right at that era where already Jim Carrey's like the funniest. He's been the funniest person on the planet for like five years at this point. And it's- How hard must it be to be the funniest person on the planet? I, I'm fine with it. Um, <laughs> stop it. And how? And we're at that age where, like, we can, like, really, like, I never had a problem seeing, like, PG-13 movies. Like, I saw them, wow. like, six, seven, eight, you know. Mm-hmm. But, like, we're really, like, getting it at our age. And then it just became, like, one of the ultimate cable movies where it was on all the time. Mm-hmm. And that normally will, like, wear on a movie and you get tired of it. When we watch this... I was laughing at stuff just like it had been the first time that I had seen it. And that's amazing. Like, I I don't see how he and they, because it is a group effort very much in this movie, do it. Um, So did you have, Keaton said he loved it growing up. Had you had a a history with it growing up as well, Kim? I don't think so. No, I've seen it, but I didn't have the same love with it that i think he did how about some of the other jim carrey's or any of those like as uh impactful as liar liar was to me i mean like ace ventura or the mask that's another good one i've seen them i actually don't like a ton of jim carrey movies so i think this is one of the first ones that i actually liked because uh, like i don't like dumb and dumber i don't like oh, true. i've seen the Mask, but like I wasn't crazy about it. I'm not a big mask guy either. It's really yeah. It's funny it's so because I, 
Yeah, it I, it's Very quotable, cool. and I put it in my notes. It, it's it to this point, it was his first time being somewhat normal. Like in the mask, he's somewhat normal to a point, and then of course he's like the, the antithesis of it. But with everything else up to this point, he is a like a caricature to it to the. I think that's a hill. fair point. I think that's a fair point. And then you, you you think you strip that away and you think about it in this movie, it's like. This is him somewhat normal. This is, this is he, him playing as close to like the get. straight man as we're going to get. Yes. Until he does like. And I think that's why it's so relatable to people is no matter how iconic The Mask or Dumb and Dumber or Ace Ventura are, he is very much a cartoon in all of those. And in this, he's you're able to connect with it better because he's a father and he has a job and he has he has flaws that he has to work out so like there's more of like i think that's a fair point there's more even if it's bare bones there's more meat on the bone of a story than there is an ace ventura where it's like i'm just gonna talk on my ass or dumb and dumber where it's like <laughs> i'm just gonna say the dumbest stuff known to man like he's kind of forced to play by the rules and that's why this was an even bigger hit like this made like 200 million dollars like this movie comes out today this makes like 40 bucks like this was like and it came on april (laughs) wasn't even a summer movie this came out off season and destroyed everything in its path um which makes it so great i have a list that i'm gonna at some point probably just read but i think it's over 30 different quotes or lines Mm -hmm. that i have at least said in regular conversation. You said something all the earlier. time. What did I say? You were like, it's the claw when you were wrestling with Jillian. Well, yeah, I gotta, out the yeah I gotta use the claw when I'm well, wrestling with Well, I'm just saying, like, uh, you know, <laughs> supporting your point. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's Shut the best, the that's the best improv we've ever done. Um, <laughs> it's finally supporting. Uh, Keaton, what, what is your favorite part of this movie? If you had to pick one scene or part or line what is the one thing Ooh. i mean if it's hard that, too hard is, you can you can throw a couple but overall i think i mean maybe it's just obvious but the thing that i love the most about this movie is just the physical comedy you know it's uh whether it's the the delivery or his or uh, jim carrey's body language it's just otherworldly at this point especially it doesn't feel like we have this you know, degree or this um, style of comedy um, appreciated as much anymore. So overall, um, I would say that that's what I love the most. But as far as like the the one scene or the one line that just that cracks me up, <laughs> I think it would have to be <laughs> when when Jim Carrey is grilling the guy who had uh, sex with Jen. What is it, Jennifer Tilly? Jennifer Tilly, yeah. And just badgering the witness. <laughs> and then at the end of him badgering the witness, he turns himself into a turkey. <laughs> As he's trying to impersonate the two of them, just, you know, impersonate fucking, basically. Uh, he has like four lines in a row. Is like, uh, you gave her dog a snossage, you slammed her. <laughs> it's just like, like, boom, 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 boom. And yeah. somehow... It ends with, you know, like you said, a full-blown, kind of a donkeyish turkey. Like, he's, like, bucking like a donkey, <laughs> but still, like, gobbling. Um, yeah. You made a great point. Did you see either Sonic movie? 
No, actually. So I've we've now seen them like 30 times because Jillian loves yes. them. She's loves Sonic. Okay. And there could be worse things she wants. They're actually both pretty they're good. They're pretty good. If we're gonna go back to like video <laughs> games like adaptations, they're both solid. And I think part of the reason why at least the first one was very successful was it was the first time in quite a long time that Jim Carrey tapped into this. Mm-hmm. Where he is full blown physical slapstick, like kind of still being a little like straight manish when he needs to be, but at the drop of a hat, he's turning on like the weirdo meter, and it's like, where has this guy been? <laughs> and it 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 works. So if if that's your cup of tea, then definitely check that out because they both they both are pretty good, even even if you don't have a, a fucking kid to watch it with. Um, Samantha, what was your? I will see it then. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. What yeah, what is absolutely. uh what is your favorite? I I there's so much that I love about this movie, but I think the any of the courtroom scenes are just like incomparable to to anything else. It's just the the energy in them and the way you know if Jim Carrey like escalates through, throughout all of them and like then he's beating himself up and all of that. And then just all the interactions with the judge, I think that it just is fantastic. Those are absolutely my favorite part. Um, it's like, to me, that's like the meat of the movie. No. Um, you know, uh, some people would say it's like the family time, the time he spends with Max and all of that. But I think it's absolutely the courtroom scenes. Like, those are all my favorites. Like, there's something I find hilarious in, like, every time they cut to, to the courtroom. I love, so... When we get, I mean, we need to say the MVP of this movie is Jim Carrey. Oh, yeah, there, there's no debate or there's no like, like quarreling here. Can't be any. He's the MVP of the movie. Uh, but on my list, I still had the judge. I've always liked the guy that plays the judge because that guy had to put up with so much shit, oh, both absolutely. in character and probably all out of character. Absolutely. <laughs> And he's just he's just like like that big, tough, strong, and he adds so much. I love the part where he um. Uh, Jim Carrey's like asked for the bathroom break and he like rattles off the fact and the judge goes is that true and he goes it has to be and the guy goes well I better take yeah. a break no. yeah, like yeah. he gets his little moments too to like give his little quips yes, and whatnot yes um mm-hmm. mine is the, the I guess you'll call it I call it the roast scene uh when he when he gets tricked into mm-hmm. going into the room with all, with, oh, with, that's a great scene! And he just has, to, and he just roasts everybody around the table. I, I still die at. There's no thing I've quoted more in this movie than he can't stay home because he hates his wife. It's, <laughs> it's talking about yourself. No, I've, I don't think I've actually ever said that about myself. Oh, good. I've said about plenty of other people, and I've changed like the nouns around. It's just so funny because he's doing it like right in the guy's face, and he's so like, like like precise with his words and his enunciation it's it's great it's that's it's, a great scene yeah that that's my actual i think favorite scene in the movie followed closely by, by kicking my own ass uh kim <laughs> any any of those or any other ones oh those are all great but i also love his mental breakdown scenes in his office uh between the pen the and, pen uh yes Greta as well when she brings up that story about how like her friend had the the, the robber had broken in through the room yes. and he's like 
I got her ten. <laughs> I got her ten. I amazing. I can't even, can, I, can I get that? You I'll can't get, even get that high. Garage sale six fifty marked down for ten, and he's making like a duck face. <laughs> like, it's just no. Heck? That's that's a great. That breakdown is great. I love the pen. And the face you have to make with the pen when you go, it's me. <laughs> 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 woo, 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 woo. I think that's the, if you probably were to like ask somebody on the street, like Family Feud style, like, do you like the movie? Like, do you you know the movie Liar Liar? And like, yeah, like, what do you remember of that movie? The majority number one answer might be the pen scene at this point. Like, mm-hmm. in the in the age of social media and like memes and stuff, I have seen so many times that meme of him just like rising from the desk. With like blue written all over his face, his face. <laughs> like so many times. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this list now and see how many we actually have. So things I've either done or repeated on multiple occasions: the claw, deleted, uh, 25th floor menswear, baseball stuff. That's another good one. Oh, yeah, uh, one. Thanks, son. <laughs> I've done that before. Uh, hit me again, I can put some stink on it. I've had better. Uh, your boobs are huge. I want to squeeze them. Uh, <laughs> was that in the elevator? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, that's because you have big jugs. And they, I mean, uh, your boobs are huge. <laughs> uh, uh, settle. I've, yeah. I did settle at an arcade playing Deal or No Deal once. With Augie <laughs> and the rest of the improv guys at a Miami trip and totally pissed this woman off of how loud we were. We're going, saddle, saddle, saddle. Um, uh, your cholesterol, fatty. Uh, we mentioned the pen, dick with them. Uh, I'm such a shit. Uh, holy hell. Anytime he res- responds to, um, the lady he sleeps with, like just entering the scene, it's like he's exploding. <laughs> he just falls himself on the ground or yells. That's basically how I treat anytime somebody brings up our, our former Bras, Don Brastaponte, who also reminds me of her. Uh, Magoo, uh, we mentioned garage sale. Um, <laughs> the running uh, bit about uh, his mother, like trying to avoid his mother, is my, he's my spirit animal in that I mean, case. Yeah, it's very relatable. But also, <laughs> like bowel movement, size, color, frequency. I'll call you later. God in heaven. Simmons old hates his wife. Catch a leader, dickhead. Uh, here he comes to wreck the day. Uh, big teeth, kind of gangly. I've just been called that before. Mr. Reed, uh, in your bra. <laughs> I'm Jose Canseco. Um, I'm Jose Canseco. A weird one that's not even quoting him. I've started to do this like after a bad day or at a bar or anything. It's like, oh, anything with alcohol, please. <laughs> so she's on the on the, uh, <laughs> on, the on the airplane. Yeah, uh, talking as an an object, uh, a goose, and overactor. So that's like thirty. Yeah, like that's. Nuts. That's like the whole movie. You I, just I, went through the entire movie. That's the mm-hmm. sparkles version of this movie. And yeah. there's still stuff I'm leaving out. It's 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 wild. Um Yeah, you cover the one that we say to each other far too often, which is whatever takes the focus off your head. Yep. <laughs> I love that this one. Good, so so this brings me to a, a a question, a big overarching question when I asked about the movie on like a like in that world. Uh, level before the wish is he doing anything really wrong yes. <laughs> are we sure like everything in the he's office he's a terrible father okay so the father stuff yes but in the office is he doing anything wrong he's with not any of those his people? authentic self 
I just spent two days in Boston learning about how to be an authentic leader. So oh. it's kind of all in my head. He wasn't his authentic self. He's he's making that guy feel good because he thinks he knows him. He's making that guy feel fine because he's not pointing out the massive pimple on his nose. He's being encouraging. Is that what that was? <laughs> uh, for the podcast people at home, uh, Keaton has like a little thing on his head. I thought it was like a cut or something. I'm guessing it's hiding a pimple. Indeed. If it's not a Um, What was the other thing? Uh, Cherry O'Terry, her hair. Like, all those things are like little innocent white lies that you, I, I do them on a daily basis, probably. And you're an asshole. Yeah, it's fine. Well, let me ask the people that I choose opinions I trust more than yours. <laughs> is, is there anything <laughs> besides his family that he's really doing wrong before the wish? Hmm. I definitely see your point, but. I think you can probably answer those questions in ways that are not so obviously a lie. Isn't everything that he was saying with his client before the wish came true, like that was pretty bad, right? Where he was making her think that, you know, she was the victim when she had actually committed infidelity and yeah, was going Seven after times. her ex. You know, that's a little scummy. <laughs> Okay. All right. Yeah, you guys. I forgot about that part. Okay. <laughs> you I also forgot that. <laughs> I probably could just stop that he's a defense attorney, uh, which. All right. Don't want to go off on a side tangent, but uh, before we were recording, uh, we were talking about a cruise, and I have to share this story because I've been thinking about this story after having gone on a cruise. Uh, Ke- the first cruise everyone I was with oh, Keaton gosh. in high. Uh, it was in between high school and college. Uh, and the last night, we went with our friend Matt Levin, uh, his his dad, and his dad's friend, who was a defense attorney, were like our chaperones because we were eighteen. You know, probably needed somebody to be with us. Uh, ends up being that Didn't we stop Goody. ends up being hey now uh, ends up being uh, that we were basically chaperones because it's like two thirty three o'clock, like the 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 last the morning we're about to get off the boat. And our chaperone was absolutely annihilated in the cafe or like wherever we get our ice cream or our food. And he's just talking about life lessons to us, none of which I will repeat on air (laughs) because most of them have not aged well. And just in case people can figure out who it is, he doesn't need that smoke. So uh, a a woman and uh, an accompaniment of, of hers come by and they, they begin to strike up conversation, which is very, very, very jovial until like the pleasantries are exchanged. Like, what do you do for a living? And our chaperones is like, I'm, I'm a defense attorney. And the mood like that changes. She goes, wow. oh, so you're the reason all the scum of the earth walks the walks the street. Oh my. And Ross and I'm like, what the fuck? And he just, again, he's annihilated. Just sits there and goes, everyone deserves a defense. And then proceeds to immediately pivot and ask how her friend got in the wheelchair she was in. <laughs> was like, oh my! And I always remember that about defense attorneys. <laughs> just... I mean, that's one, that one singular defense attorney. Yeah. And then we get off the boat like five hours later, and he was the last one off the boat because he left all of his clothes in the closet and had to go back onto the boat and retrieve them. So we were stuck in the port waiting for him because he was too hungover to gather all of this stuff. So. Um, that's the only that's the only that's the only defense attorney I've ever known in my life. So I should have just led with that, and we should have figured out. Yeah, Jim Carrey's not a good guy in this movie. True. 
the opposite of good. Is there anything about the movie that you don't like? And we'll steer clear of performances because we'll get there when we're talking about our least valuable player of the movie here in just a minute. But is there any particular scene or any kind of tone or mood or anything with the movie that kind of turns you off at a certain point? Um, I don't know. Before we pivot to like the least, uh, you know, least engaging or least favorite scene, I was curious about addressing one thing. Okay. And that is that, that you actually alluded to it a couple of minutes ago, which is the heart of the film. Um, I just wanted to quickly flip the script real quick and ask you if you guys also felt like a pull at your heartstrings when, let's say, a Jim Carrey says, like, very, you know, genuinely, I'm a bad father when when he's picking up his car because that like that hits me as well as in the court scene where he's yelling at the judge like I hold myself in contempt why should you be any different I feel like that was Jim Carrey you know really channeling his dramatic side and it actually worked so I, curious I completely if you guys agree I didn't cry before in this movie since becoming a mom like that oh yeah definitely hits differently because it's like yeah i mean but he's not even trying like i try to be a good mom and i'm not like you know what i mean like (laughs) but but like he like blatantly like he'd rather get his dick wet than go to like his kid's birthday party you know what i mean like that's like Mm-hmm. obviously over exaggerated but um it's definitely weighed it definitely weighed on my mind yeah more now having watched this we almost watched this with jillian uh because i was like yeah we didn't ultimately um but i was thinking about it in terms of yeah it's the first time i've watched the movie in the context of like being a dad and it's like seeing never to the extent of which he does but seeing like and like picking apart moments where i'm like damn like i've kind of done that and that yeah. kind of sucks yeah. and then like with jennifer tilly like using the kids for leverage that's the part that's that, the part that yeah. gets me i think more than his relationship with max because at least he has redemption she's yeah. still like terrible awful but yeah. it, but in the terms of your question of like his performance this definitely was the first time that you're like oh okay and anything else beforehand it's all comedy all the time and you figure from this mm-hmm. in the next three in the next three years he does truman show man on the moon and uh oh no and eternal sunshines later so like his three most famous like strictly not comedies come after this and i think this is him warming his that pitch up to get ready to to throw it on a more consistent basis. I definitely picked up on it here yeah. compared to other ones where the other ones are it's just zany. Like he's, you know, he's the road, he's Bugs Bunny, you know, and this, mm-hmm. you know, he has to actually kind of be a little bit less, you know, four-dimensional. So that that's a definitely a good call out. Um, and it's also, it it it's a weird romantic comedy. So the thing, there's two specific things that I'm kind of like, eh, on in the movie. And they're minor. Um, the Like, the last 15 minutes, like, the whole, like, spree to the plane. And, you know, a- a- like, after he f- flies out and breaks all the bones in his body. And, you know, is, like, mm-hmm. on the, the gurney. That little, like, back and forth with him and Max and him and his ex-wife, like, there out of the plane. I, it, I think you could have done something better there. I, it's just, it's always kind of bugged me. Um, my number one thing, I hate that they get back together. I absolutely hate it. It's, oh. I don't even think that it's earned. <laughs> but it's, it's like a sign of the times, I think. Cause like, this is 
It's like the it's like the, the care- quintessential nineties. It's the carefree 90s, but like Mrs. Doubtfire didn't do it. Like I'm not like, comparing the two. They're very well, actually not really that different at all. They're not but, really that different. But it's it's it just doesn't feel genuine. And I, I think also it's because like in more modern times, we've seen like actual positive like reinforcement in movies of like step parenting and you yeah. know like like co-parenting co-parenting stuff like that so i just think that was what you had to do in the 90s to get your movie green it was like everyone's got to go home happy so you sure, know sure. It, you know it's fine so th- those are those were my two i think kim did i see you kind of agreeing along with with uh, one or both of those yeah i just I, the mom wasn't mad enough and like so i didn't like that i didn't feel like she was like really advocating for her son throughout the movie like why are you more mad that like the, his, his father is being negligent and why are you just okay with getting back to him at the at the end of the movie it's just that's it was very frustrating that character i'm not not going into the acting part of it but that character yeah. frustrated me throughout the entire movie well it, i it, agree with it, that it is the female lead in a male-driven 90s comedy <laughs> which we've we've discovered yeah. throughout this, this and this every podcast. Adam Sandler movie and anything from this podcast. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. was rough sailing out there for for you ladies back in the day and didn't have an advocate to kind of uh, flush you out. That said, you can add 1997 more of tyranny to my list. Um, we have a free pass list uh, that we discuss on the show where if I if I ever were to get a chance um, and there are always specific errors, there's also not humans on the list. Um, so Alf, is on, Alf the list. is on the list. There's also dudes on there, too. It's fine. Um, so it's I want to add 1997 more attorney to this list. Because between this and ER, oh boy, don't get me started. Um, is this for Cuddles or something more, more serious than Cuddles? I mean, oh, no, no. This is this, like... This is, I mean, Cuddles definitely are fine. But, you know, there's there's others as well. Uh, I'm just, just as, I, as she types, I'm just looking. Uh, the entire cast of Mad Men. Um, Your list is very <laughs> Yeah, it's long. Uh, the, the Pink Power Ranger, Alf, Robert Redford. Uh, <laughs> 1992 Meryl Streep. Yep, specifically only. Mm-hmm. Hey, there's a lot here. Zazie Beats is Domino. Um, Cal Welch with Fozzie. Rest in peace. <laughs> One of those. They're both dead. Both of them. Uh, Keaton, anything for you? Any uh, weak points of the movie? Yeah. Um, well, I guess in addition to what you guys said, I would say I feel like it either ramps up a little slow or there's like a lull maybe after Jim Carrey finds out that his, that Max made the wish. Um, it just feels like it kind of slows down there. Um, so other than those two lulls, I would say it's a pretty strong, pretty strong movie. Absolutely. Yeah, I Watching it back, it's 90, how long is it? Where to it go? It is a, an hour and 27 minutes, which makes it so nice because nowadays every movie mm-hmm. is 15, 20 minutes too long, uh, particularly comedies. Like we're in the era of, and we were in the era because now the comedies barely exist besides like streaming platforms, but every comedy was a subject of its talent being way too good at improv and just letting the cameras roll and just having movies chocked full of stuff. And it's great, but realistically, it hurts the story in the longer term when you have like, 
you know, 110 minutes of ha 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 when 90 will work. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's not a lot of like fat on this at all, which which makes it nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I just have a couple nitpicks I'd have to point out or else uh, people will get mad at me. That wrestling match they were going to go see in 1997 is wholly unrealistic. Rick Root had been retired for three years. Um, <laughs> is this what I do when we watch a movie with banking in it? Yes, one hundred percent. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see now. They were, uh, they were. Depending on when this was, this was ninety six. They were technically in different companies at the time, and there wasn't anything called the Cage of Death until a couple years later. So, just had to point that out. Um, so that's all I'm saying. So, did they get it from this movie though? No, no. The Cage guaranteed. of Death. No, no, no. Well, if it didn't exist till after this movie, how do you know that? I don't know. Actually, Vince McMahon is a. No, it wasn't Vince McMahon. It was some Vince McMahon's father. No, 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 no. It was some shitty guy in Philadelphia. That Uh, guy in Philadelphia. So there's. I also like. I have to break down like the semantics of things too. So this this case went to court in like a day. Like, how long has this been working that he's added to the case and they're in court tomorrow? (laughs) I think they mentioned it. I think they mentioned it somewhere in there. Do they? When he's when she's meeting with like the first attorney who's like refusing to lie. Yes. Yeah. Like they have been prepping, and then that's why they brought in Fletcher and like he got all of like the casework and stuff because it was going to court rather quickly. So I think they they mentioned it, but it may have just been. I don't know line, why that bothers me. Considering I've watched like Law and Order SVU for like twenty years, and every case is like in three weeks, like has a jury. Um, why? So when he gets his car towed, yes. I don't think I've ever had my car towed before. Can you like not pay for your own car? <laughs> like, why did he have to get her to pay for his car? Well, he went to jail, didn't he? No, 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 no. She, he got a taxi right. to her why house. She's like, where's your car? Then? You have a credit card? He's a lawyer. <laughs> he should have money. And then also he flips out about how much it is. It's like, that seems fair for getting your car impounded for tickets. I don't know. I've never had a parking ticket before. Yeah. Um, I have, I've got no input here, except uh, maybe it's just the 90s. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> plot, plot device. Also, that does make him a bigger piece of shit. Like, <laughs> like, he can't even pay to get his car. So I guess that adds to, like, the character of it all. Um, and this is, is just... One more. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so... Miranda, Jim Carrey's boss. Uh, I mean, he's trying to, you know, go up in the company, and so he right. sleeps with his boss. But you'd think that would be sufficient enough to, like, whatever, um, you know, catapult him up. But he he's just trying to get to even an even bigger fish above Miranda to make partner. So that was a little bit confusing to me. Yeah, I've never understood like partnerships in like law firms or even like advertising. Like I remember watching Mad Men and being like, okay, so they're just going to be like, you're a partner. And like, what did you do? <laughs> like, You didn't do anything. You just have like a stake in the company and good for you, I guess. Like it's, they didn't do a good job of flushing that out. Like really ever in that era. <laughs> and I, I'm oddly like permanently confused about things that I first watched when I was a kid. Like I've noticed that like I'll go back and watch stuff and like I'll just start getting semantics or like lines that I've probably heard 20, 25 years. But because I first heard them as like a dumbass like eight or nine year old, yeah, it just goes over my head. <laughs> that, that that world kind of uh is is the case there. Um this is a like an unanswerable question I just have to ask. What could have Jim Carrey, what could have Fletcher said in the playground 
after he has Max make the second wish that doesn't work that gets him slapped. <laughs> what could that have been? Because <laughs> it's like instantaneous. And he's the one initiating the conversation. So what does he say? I'll take any and all <laughs> ideas. Because <laughs> huh, he's like, he's like, hmm, let me see. He looks around and he goes over to her and like he enters his conversation in the span of five seconds. He gets slugged. Hmm. So I'm just, just it, it, maybe the intention was to like compliment this woman, but it came out truthful. Um, you know what I mean? So instead of like uh, sugarcoating something, it just was like your teeth are gangly, and I don't know. <laughs> basically, an, an extension of the elevator scene where you know yeah. he yeah, yeah. that that's yeah that's probably it yeah. So actually, so it's probably best we don't know what it is because yeah. <laughs> then, then then we're gonna have to cancel liar liar, and then I, I don't want that. Um, that's right. He didn't. Uh, he didn't have his epiphany at that point, so he's still a piece of crap. So most right. likely, it was some bed. Yeah. Is there anything that on this most recent recent watching of the movie that you kind of noticed for the first time? So there's two. Uh, okay. One. One is the first time I had noticed it after the internet had uncovered it, and it's fascinating to me that it took this long. So. There is, I think my favorite Easter egg in a movie ever is near the end and the uh, the airplane like paramedic scene. In the background of that shot is Jim Carrey as Fire Marshal Bill from In Living Color. <laughs> he's like right Whoa. in the middle. He's like right in the middle oh. of the crowd and he's doing like the face. And I never knew it until I want to say like maybe one or two years ago on Reddit. Someone pointed it out and I go, shut the fuck up. I just thought it was like an, an extended scene or a blooper. So I paid mm -hmm. attention this time. I was like, it's been right in front of me the entire time. And I had no idea. Oh, wow. So that That's is incredible. one. Did you, did you guys know that one? No, no, definitely not. That's amazing. Yeah. And that's, again, that just shows like a movie that's been out 25 years, how good it is. No, absolutely. You're still uncovering things about it. So that was one. And then the other one was, um, I, I guess I never really like sat and thought about how much I appreciated kind of to an extent, like big, just how unexplained it all is. It's just, he makes the wish. And so it is like, they don't get convoluted with like, like a voodoo ah, priestess right, or right. anything supernatural about it. It's just, it just that's happens. the way it is. And we're off to the races. Everyone's committed to it. And there we go. And it's like, thank you. Cause nowadays you wouldn't get that. Mm -hmm. And even back then I felt like you didn't get that. You had to have an extension. So watching it, I, I was very happy that, that that existed, but uh, Keaton, Kim, anything for you guys? Let's see. Uh, things that we watched or that we that picked up on in the rewatch. I didn't realize how beige this movie is. Oh yeah. <laughs> this movie is a love letter to the color beige everyone's in beige in every scene no matter where they are if they're at home in the office in the court at the children's playground beige there is a lot is of beige for that? i mean just look at the like the poster it's just, just it's just brown <laughs> and beige it's just so beige. visually just stunted is there a, i don't know what the reasoning for that would be i don't know they got a discount camera and it just picked up beige or something. 
<laughs> I guess. Well, the, the, so the director, Tom Shadiak, him and Carrie were like this. It's the guy that directed the first uh, Ace Ventura, and he ended up being the guy that also directed Bruce Almighty. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, after Bruce Almighty, he like he didn't necessarily like lose his mind, became like a minimalist, and he lives in like a trailer park now. He's like a millionaire, and he's just like, I don't want any of this crap. And he makes like weird documentaries. It's like, okay, maybe he was losing marbles in that movie. I mean, I'm sure. So you figure working with Jim Carrey, of course, of 10 years, Jim Carrey ran the gamut in this time of, you know, and I don't think Jim Carrey is nowadays problematic. He's not super easy to to deal with. You know, he's got some anti-vax stuff to oh, him, God, and take it back. What do we? Take? I was like, because you're not easy to deal with either. Oh. But then, then you said like anti-vax, and I was like, oh no, I didn't mean it like that. Yeah, thanks. Sorry. Um, and there was some stuff with like some ex-girlfriends that uh, you know had unfortunately like passed, and you know, family saying things about him and whatnot. It's it's I've, it's sadly part for the course for anybody that's been famous for over like 20 years at this point. Not that that's an excuse. But um, I, I can see there's been some stories. I mean, did you ever see the uh, the documentary on Netflix about Man on the Moon called uh, the, uh, Jim and Andy, The Great Beyond? I don't know, actually. It's still on Netflix. I've, I've watched it a couple times. So they filmed the documentary when they were making Man on the Moon, uh, just about the process. And it basically mm-hmm. highlighted, and it wasn't uncovered or wasn't aired until like 20 years after the fact because it makes Jim Carrey look like a massive asshole because he's in character the entire time. Uh, like wow. literally making the, the filming process so painful for everybody. There's a shot where like he's talking to the director as Andy Kaufman, refusing to acknowledge that Jim Carrey exists. As the director's like, can we just talk to Jim? And in the middle of the shot is Paul Giamatti, who's just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I, sent, I sent the still shot of it to Rich one time. I was like, I imagine this is you looking at me during any comedic conversation ever. Um, and then it's interspersed with like interviews of Jim Carrey, like in modern times, like talking about it. It's, it's wild. (laughs) So definitely watch it and appreciate, you know, the fact that we got this movie and other movies we got and he didn't fall off the rails even earlier. Um, there was one other thing I was going to put. Yeah. I noticed um, on this re- rewatch something really like minute, but I thought it was really clever. Um, in the towards the end in the plane scene, Jerry's headphones are actually a stethoscope, and I thought that was really cute. Really, he's a doctor? Yeah. <laughs> I, <never noticed laughs> I don't know. I was just like, huh. I never noticed that his headphones are a stethoscope, and like he takes it off on the plane. I don't know if it's maybe just a stethoscope. He just wears it on the plane instead of like headphones. I think that's just Jerry. It may be. be He's using his stethoscope as headphones. No, no. Jerry's the kind of guy that's going to Boston to to open a hospital and wears a stethoscope in the airport. So when someone's like, "Is that a stethoscope?" He's like, "But it's like in his ear." Yeah, he's but he's 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 blocking out the noise, but also so he can be like, "Yeah, I'm opening a hospital in Boston because he's Magoo." <laughs> he is, but another thing I love is again in a lot of movies that guy you know in a scene where somebody else is like yeah and she's got a snot nosed kid but man she's a looker right 
he's just an earnest guy. <laughs> and, and I think that's the reason why I hate they get back together. Because, like, yeah, the guy has his flaws. And, you know, he, he's not doing what he needs to do for her. But <laughs> he's, <laughs> God damn it, he's just fucking trying. And it also doesn't hurt that it's Carrie Ellis as the performer. And he's, uh, to me, he can basically do no wrong. He's fantastic in everything that he does. Um, but, what other characters that, like that? that? Go ahead, Keith. I was going to say that brings me to two things. The first thing that I mentioned at the top of the chat, and then yeah, I definitely wanted to just drive home that that point that you just made about uh, Carrie. Like, correct me if my if I'm wrong. This is the guy that played like the final victim in Saw One. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. That, that yes. is that is yes. Carrie Ellis. Yep. And it's also. Um, He's also one of the protagonists of The Princess Bride. Uh, you yes. are correct. Yes, yep. he is. Incredible. The man okay. has so the range. Other thing. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. And, he was the, and he's the lead in the movie we almost did, Robin Hood Men in Tights. He is. That, oh, man. My goodness. Yep. So, so the thing that uh, I wanted to mention earlier on was that uh, upon second watch or whatever, 20th watch of this movie... I thought that Laura Tierney was actually Linda Fiorentino or Fiorentino. Shit, I've never noticed the similarities between them. You are spot on. And that's the era too. Like those two, you figure the same year she's in Men in Black. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. Yep. And they were both kind of they, they have, were both kind of that yeah. like kind of husky voice, sultry mom vibe, yes. you know. One, uh, I mean, Laura Tierney, I think, like, she was just on, like, some Showtime show and stuff, like, a couple years ago. Linda Florentino, I think, fell off the planet of the Earth. Um, Well, she, she, I think, was a little bit problematic, because she was in Dogma, and then, like... You're not sure when she was born. She was either born in 1958 or 1960. How do you not know when somebody was born? That's an actress thing, though. Like, that's very much, like, back in the day, it's like, you lied about your age all the time so you can get parts. Um... But yeah, no, that's a that's a wow. I immediately see it in a I couple scenes as she's like yelling. That's a that's an excellent call out. Um, the last thing I remember watching Maura Tierney in was she was Woody. She's always the ex-wife. She's never just the wife. She's the ex-wife to Woody Harrelson in Semi Pro. <laughs> so I think that's the most modern <laughs> thing I've seen her in, and she looks just looks <laughs> goddamn it exactly the same. Add her to my list again. Um, <laughs> All right, so we've already established Jim Carrey is the MVP of this movie. I wrote it down before the movie started, which I I never do. <laughs> like I always let the movie at least it's like start and you know it it makes its way out. But I mean, this is this is iconic. If if you're making a Mount Rushmore of Jim Carrey, it's very hard to do. But I would force this on there. Uh, it's <laughs> it's he makes a hand a separate character for five minutes in this movie. <laughs> he literally turns a hand on himself. And and it's it's incredible. Um, the other people I had to give like, uh, you know, of course, Carrie Ellis, I mentioned the judge. I also miss and love character actors like the, the, the woman that plays Greta. Like we don't have that nowadays. I think it's also the one two punch of also Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire. She's Mrs. Selner and Mrs. Doubtfire. So more similarities, the, um, the caseworker. Yeah. Uh, but like nowadays, you know, character actors, st- to me at least, still, you know, 
feel like bigger. And then back in this point, like in the nineties, you'd see people in five, six, seven things. You're like, Oh, that person, they were in this, that, and this, and the other thing. And like, you never know what they're, I still don't know what the lady's real name is. And I have all the technology in the world that I can look <laughs> it up and do, Right. but they just make that impression. They nail their parts yeah. every single time. And Absolutely. she she always comes up to her comedic counterparts very very well. The way she says "dick with them," got it. Just, you, you can't teach that. She's she's amazing. Um, so those would be those would be people I think that are on the MVP list that wouldn't necessarily qualify for LVP, which is where we're at now. So the least valuable player in the movie. So we've kind of looked at this more so from a performance aspect, not necessarily a character aspect, which I'm glad Kim kind of clarified earlier for the mom, because it's definitely not more Terry's performance. It's just unfortunately how that character is written. Um, does anybody have anybody they want to throw out before I, I name my very small list? Because it is hard for a movie this good. Yeah, that is tough. I, it's so hard for me to like disconnect uh, Laura Tierney's writing from her acting because um not even to kim's point it just seems like uh you know she's kind of just monotonous but mm -hmm. if you have to have somebody that's kind of like the antithesis to jim carrey maybe you need that and i would almost even um go out on a limb and you know roll max into that uh that same kind of like paradigm like okay we have jim carrey here on the right who's a crazy guy and we need a lot of people to stack just the you know just the average dude and in the this case, the average mom the average child so so we always have to address the kid actor in the room uh <laughs> it's, uh -oh. <laughs> it's it's a it's a thing uh we, we've discussed sometimes you get a good kid actor sometimes you get a bad kid actor he's sometimes you get this kid actor he's on my list but i don't think it's him because he, he in baseball moments baseball stuff i mean baseball stuff gives you a lot of chain with me um in a lot of moments he just feels like a kid and that's what he needs to do a lot of times the kid actors they're very much that that kid actor acting and you can just see it and it's like oh just be yourself boy and in this he's not like you can see him be a kid and sure it doesn't make for a good actor sometimes but it's believable and i, I let it go um so this is definitely not it, but I just have to point this out because it's always pissed me off. And I think Keaton's the only one to really appreciate it. The clown in the first birthday party always has pissed me off. Oh, <laughs> 100%. Way to go. Like, I don't know what his deal is. Is he like a Rastafarian clown? Like, his, his whole <laughs> thing just doesn't work. Agreed. And if that's where we have to go, it's where we have to go. <laughs> it's just, just, just a telltale sign of how good this movie is, but he's just always pissed me off. Um, the yeah, other totally one, agree. yeah, the other I one. Would, I would just real quick say yeah. that, like, as they're panning across that room, I'm kind of like half expecting the adults in the room to be laughing at the clown because he's so like antiquated, even for like a stereotype of a clown. But they don't even do that. So I, I agree with you. And I have no idea what the hell they're trying to go for there. No. So much so that I love how shitty his next year's party is. It's just his mom and dad and him. Like They're not <laughs> taking any chances for nope. anything. Nope. They're just like, nope, no party. You're six now. 
And it's, we should do that for Jillian's birthday. Just for her sixth birthday, just the three of us. Except she's already six. She'll be seven. Oh, God. Yeah. I'm yeah. a bad father. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other person I have on my list, and I'm, I don't think it's her either, but it has to be addressed as Jennifer Tilly. Um, it's, she's a, at this point, she's been nominated for an Academy Award. Like for a couple what? of for um it was a Woody Allen movie. I forget what it was called. Oh my. Um and she was she was a, a up and coming actress. She was and in Bound, she, she was but stuff. And, and then she was Chucky's bride and everything went downhill. What's the thing? At a certain point, she just per was just permanently that wispy sex pot and she just didn't challenge herself until she started playing fucking poker. Then <laughs> then it was the second <laughs> stage of her career. But she's she's got some rough line deliveries in this and i can't tell if it's just because it's she's playing the character as kind of this like entitled ditz or if it's just jennifer tilly really just being like well i got nominated for an oscar for doing this shtick so i'm just gonna keep doing it um and it was, it was hard to like rectify like watching it and like analyzing it for the first time so i put her on the list just to kind of start the conversation because she's always kind of befuddled me in this movie yeah, I would, I would tend to agree with that. Um, yeah, again, she was trying to be like, you know, they're really trying to ham up these archetypes, like even even his, her, uh, not mistress, but whatever, the dude that she was uh, cheating with. Oh. He's like a very obvious porn star looking dude. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Like, you know, so uh, I guess they're just really going for those archetypes. Um but yeah, I would tend to agree with you. But you know that clown really fucking takes the cake. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally fine going with the clown. If, if, I think the other two do enough to get the pass, where it's like, no, fuck that clown. <laughs> Samantha, do you have any problems with the clown? And here's the problem: I gotta find this guy's name. <laughs> I don't know if he has an IMDb. Like a liar, liar clown. Um, you brought up an interesting thing just now. I'm. I would say. So is a male, would he just be a mister? Like, if a guy cheats, it's a mistress. But if a woman is the one, like, perpetuating it, is it just, that's her mister? Is that what it's called? I hope so. Lover? I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> just, I, I, yeah. I've just never thought of it that way before. Um, Paramore? Paramore. Oh, is that what it is? There you go. All right, I'm looking up the clown. Hold on. Oh, I want to give a shout out to, I don't know if at some point they tried to make like a uh, like a Jim Carrey cinematic universe, but he had a couple scenes deleted. The guy that, that plays Skull, who's the guy that Jim Carrey gets off in the very, very first scene as he's walking down the steps, that's the same guy he delivers the package to in Ace Ventura 1. Uh, the guy with the curly hair, uh, Randall Tex Cobb, former professional wrestler. Um, come on, where is where is this clown? Other people we didn't mention: Sherry O'Terry, very very small part as Jane, the receptionist. Um, I like uh, Mitchell Ryan is a good another good character actor. He plays Mister Allen, the the boss. Susie Kurtz. If your mom watched soap operas, uh, uh, primetime soap operas in the early 90s, you know who Susie Kurtz is? She's no the uh, the prosecuting uh, attorney, if, I guess. Um, come on, gonna find Krista Allen, Lady in Elevator. Never looked her up before. Um, I'm sure. Oh, man, you know the, I, I the, the, the clown? 
Oh, he found Sharpo it? What's his name? Sharpo the Clown. Barpo? I guess so. That's the worst clown name ever. Yeah, it's definitely this fucking guy. Sharpo, yeah. Sharpo the Clown? This is the last name. Wait, do we... It's just his last name. Eric Howell Sharp as Sharpo the Clown. Okay, hold on. So this is a real clown they just hired, and they just <laughs> put an O with the... Man, can we give Maybe it to this guy not. again? This guy pisses me <laughs> off all over again. Eric Howell Sharp, Sharpo the Clown. That sucks. He has no <laughs> photos or anything. What a sham. Yeah, that, that's the answer right there. Yeah, that tough, is team, tough two prizes for that guy. <laughs> I am. Um, I hope. Oh, so we're now that I'm remembering. Uh, Jillian will be seven this year, um, much later on in the year. But uh, <laughs> because of her birthday being a Thanksgiving, we've never had to do like the friends and big party thing. Thank goodness. We, I mean, she's has never complained about it. But if we do ever yeah, do it, uh, let's. I don't want a clown. I don't want a magician. I don't want. Any of that stuff. We're having all of it. She's gonna be. Why? She's gonna do her own magic trick. She has a magic kit. She's terrible. <laughs> she's gonna do her own tricks. We need. We need Uncle Uncle Keaton's not bad at card tricks. We need Uncle Keaton yeah. to show her. Show her. Uncle Keaton he has to teach her some card tricks. Uh, Is she in the uh, magic magician phase? She 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 has a little costume and got a, a kit from my parents for her birthday this past year. And she like for like two days straight, all she did was like practice it. But you know, she's six and she's my kid and she's also like left-handed, so she's super awkward. So like she can't really like do them very well. Like she gets all like tied up in herself and then gives the trick away. Yeah. The best um, the best part of the show is when she lays down on the carpet underneath the, the table. Behind the table. And I announce her and she jumps up and goes, Poof. Poof. <laughs> it's really hilarious. That's that's the that, highlight of the show. It's awesome, yeah. Yeah. Um That does remind me of uh, a story from our recent travels. So as we were walking through this, you know, very nice, gorgeous tropical area we were cutting through this one i guess um happening street and on the street was a very tiny child completely lying down head to toe and the dad was just lamenting to the world why is my child so weird (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious i can relate to that I can't wait. It's it's, awesome. it's it's a miracle and a curse all at once. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> More good times than bad, I'd say. Yeah. Um, I, I just realized I'm going through my notes. I'm like, did I hit every note? And the one I didn't mention was this the one I just wrote this down in the middle of it. This movie is my new greatest fear with Jillian. <laughs> she will at some point like resent or hate me to the point where like I'm actually the victim of some kind of magic. <laughs> Hey, welcome to my life. It'll be directed towards me. You don't have to worry. (laughs) No, it'll be it'll be towards me. It'll it'll be towards me. But um, oh, and the one thing we have not addressed, uh, actually, what my favorite part of the movie might be, and something that should be in every comedy: the credits, the bloopers. The bloopers. Why? The bloopers are amazing. So the only one of his movies that does it is this, and then Bruce Almighty runs it back. Um, 
And then, of course, the Rush, Rush Hour. Hour is yeah, Rush Hour, the Jackie Chan movies. But like, why? Why is that Toy not just Story Two? Well, like, had well the Pixar, the Pixar yeah. like fabricated ones are always good. But why does like every comedy movie not just have that? Like, there, there's nothing about your movie that I just need to get into the business of the credits. That doesn't mean you can't still make me laugh for a couple minutes just peeling yeah. the curtain back. Yeah. It's it's a lost art, and I I miss it, especially because now with DVDs and Blu-rays, it's coming back a little bit because of how messy some streaming platforms are. But being harder to find, you don't have commentary tracks hardly anymore, which I love listening to on DVDs and Blu-rays, but you don't get the gag reels and the lineoramas for yeah. modern stuff. And a lot of that is what ends up like being attached at, at the end of the day. Like mm-hmm. I have probably quoted the bloopers to like Anchorman 2 more than I've quoted Anchorman 2, the actual movie. Well, yeah. And mm-hmm. even like from the list of things that you say about this movie, it's like, yeah, oh, yeah there's in a her bra. And then like the overactor. Jezebel. Yeah. So it's, yeah. yeah. Well, that's where a goose comes from. And talking is an animate. Talking as an animate object, which I do all the time as he does the water pitcher. That's where Steve stole it from. Um, so, yeah, well, I... Well, on that note, Go ahead. real quick, would you substitute one of the bloopers in to the, into the movie, into a, a place of, you know, any gag there? That's a good question. Ooh. If you could edit it in such a way. I, I, I think having the goose there would have absolutely killed and just seeing the judge's reaction to him doing the goose (laughs) an all-time thing because he's already because he's more so reacting to him like objecting to himself and you know doing a lot of like verbal things but if he just in the middle of it has nothing to say it just turns into a goose and just goes back to the desk (laughs) that'd be the funniest thing of all time that's pretty good um that makes me think uh I love also like the Columbo moment of this is like the thing that's sickening is he's really good at his job, even without stooping to what he needs to stoop to as evidenced by him figuring out, you know, the, the solution at the end of it, um, that Columbo, Mm -hmm. if you will. Um, so I, I like, I like when they kind of redeem people that way where it's like, you had it inside you the whole time. Um, so that's, it's all very, very nice. Uh, what else? I'm I'm looking through my there my were notes here. Four swerves in this movie. Oh, I good, counted. Good, good, good. There were four swerves. Just so you guys know, uh, every movie she counts the number of swerves there are just to annoy me. It's not to annoy you. It's, it's a new thing. I'm so happy about it. It is a robust addition to the podcast for people who may not have seen movies yeah, and what, are, what read... are they what are they what are they oh you want me to read them all now there's four i can handle four but when there's so like it, 15 so the swerves don't really come in until towards the the latter half of the movie right because you can't count like you know oh the kid makes a wish and then the, that can't lie like that's not a swerve like that's like the actual plot but then there's a swerve that um she doesn't think he's a bad father that's not a swerve it's a swerve no, it's not it's, <laughs> it is it's a swerve swerve she was only 17 Okay, that's a that's legitimate a swerve. swerve. That's a swerve. <laughs> yeah. swerve. He holds himself in contempt. That's not you, a swerve either. It is. You didn't see that coming. You didn't think he was going to do that. Also, isn't it always a swerve when she's only 17? I mean, Sorry. <laughs> and then uh, swerve, he always wants to be honest. 
Because it's a complete 180 from like his original, like he has to lie. It's cool. So there's one legitimate swerve. No, no, there's four. And then this one is a swerve, no swerve. They get back together in the end. How predictable. So it was a swerve. And I was like, I would say that's an actual swerve. swerve. That's an actual swerve. No, it's not, it's not a swerve. It's so predictable. You knew they were going to get back together. No, they could have just been friends. They weren't friends. I would have <laughs> been friends with you. Four and a half final. So why isn't there a video component to this podcast? Because. <laughs> <laughs> hard enough to get people to listen to us i don't i don't think i want to try to get them to look at us too yeah yeah hard enough uh because normally we're on the couch like like slap like slounging slounging is a word i'm sleazy and lounging at the same time lounging <laughs> i use it on my wordle let's start with slounge <laughs> you just learned about wordle it's all about it now. Oh, it's great. I I'm on a bit of a streak right now, so I'm I just probably jinx myself. I can't wait for you to lose this month. Yay! Anything else on liar liar before we score and wrap it up? Yeah, I just is... I don't know. Just really, I guess. Well, I, you kind of mentioned it. The director was tight with Jim Carrey because I feel like this movie was specifically written for Jim Carrey. You can't just write this movie for anybody. So do you think that was the case here? Um, you know what? I actually didn't do my usual like IMDb like due diligence, like or I did, and it was a month ago, and I don't remember. Um, this movie's at a six point nine out of ten on IMDb. That's criminally that's low for a movie that's as beloved as it is. Yeah, this very much feels like a. I have a high concept idea. A guy can't lie. Who do we get? Jim Carrey done. Like this doesn't seem to me to be a, a script that was gesta- gestating for a while. And then like they came upon Jim Carrey to do it. It was like, we have the idea and let's go. Same thing with Bruce Almighty. That's Jim Carrey is God. Boom. There's mm-hmm. you get that era where you're so hot and so big that yeah. they just make things for you that are so simple and easy. The interesting piece of trivia that I did not know on um this movie is jim carrey uh did this instead of the role he was offered of dr evil in austin powers oh wow so i guess it was not the original idea of mike myers to be both characters it was going to be mike myers and jim carrey which would have been fucking wild and jim carrey would have crushed that not that mike myers doesn't already but that's I can't imagine anyone else but Mike Myers doing that so it's funny how things yeah. like work out I guess yeah that's crazy that would be um, pretty amazing to see Mike Myers go like toe-to-toe with Jim Carrey that that would just be magic I think yeah, uh, yeah other little absolutely. trivia bits um there is no sound effects used in the scene where he beats himself up in the restroom that's all legitimate sounds of his face and body and head hitting every oh my. wall, no. toilet, oh my. floor, everything. So that sucks. Oh um, and it looks like, so I guess the script was written uh, and he agreed to do it after reading the script because he was happy to play a character who was a normal person because he didn't have to change his hair or put on makeup for the role. Hmm. So, <laughs> so I guess it did exist and they probably were like, okay, this, you know, this is Jim Carrey and going there. 
Uh, this was the judge's last film. He died shortly after uh, production wrap because he oh, uh, had a heart attack. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's sad. Why did you bring it down? Why did you have I'm to just, share that piece of information? I'm just reading. You could have kept that one to yourself. Uh, the script wasn't always about a lawyer. He almost was a politician or a real estate agent. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, that looks to be... And Jim Carrey was paid $20 million for this film, oh which was... Astro- in 1990? Astronomical at the time wow. for a comedy. Um, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So there we go. Oh, and what? I did not realize this. Uh, there's a cameo in this movie as... Uh, in the opening when he's leaving the courtroom and the guy asks him, hey, Fletcher, how'd it go in there? The person that asks him is OJ prosecutor Christopher Darden. <laughs> I did oh not gosh. realize that was that. That's, uh... Huh. Huh. Still learning things <laughs> about Liar Liar, even after after I've been watching it for like the 50th time. That's amazing. Let's score the damn thing. So we score on a scale of 1 to 10. You can go half if you would like. Um, we always defer to our guests. So, ladies first. Kim, what would you score Liar Liar on a scale of 1 to 10? And for reference, uh, what is it? IMDb had it at 6.9. Right, so. which, yeah, there's, which is preposterous. <laughs> which is disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's pretty high. It's super quotable. It's just generally fun to watch someone go crazy for how long is it 90 an hour and 27 minutes i go eight that damn mom character really brings it down for me unfortunately (laughs) and seeing she was in i just i was infuriated yeah i i i feel you keaton the outtakes though the outtakes are a 10 10 so let's just watch the outtakes I remember them being longer. There's only like five. And I'm like, give me more. Just keep just keep going. Oh, let's see. You know what? Um I love this movie so much. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a nine. There is some room for, for improvement, but I don't think there's much. Yeah, I'm I'm almost in lockstep with you. This is this is one of my most rewatched movies ever. And if it can still have me discovering things about it and still laughing out loud at things i've seen multiple times it's the mark of a of a true classic so i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna go a nine and a half oh i fucking i fucking love lilar it's oh so close it's a to great being, movie to being there. it is a great movie i'm giving it an eight as well okay um but yeah it, it is one of the classics it is yeah it's just a feel-good movie when it really shouldn't be <laughs> for, for some of it but overall it's good <laughs> it's it's a i appreciate it because I think it's of the era for Jim Carrey, his like least problematic movie looking back on and the one that's aged the best. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing about this movie that really you can watch and be like, oh, that's not really funny anymore. Like it's all still pretty fair game and and works. So I just wanted to add to, to that and it's a replayability. It is so good that I find myself laughing before the joke actually arrives. Yes. Yep. I specifically did that in the, um, I forgot that that row scene came so soon for whatever reason. I thought like he went and did something else and then then came back for it again. 
So when he does the God in heaven and he's on the floor and he, she goes, are you busy? And he goes, extremely. I'm like, oh shit, that's now. I was like, like so excited because I knew he was going to take the toupee <laughs> off and throw it against the wall and you know, do the whole thing. So yeah, it's, it's, that's the mark of a, a movie that stands the test of time. It is. And thank you guys for, this was like, when you got, we got the list. I was like, oh, that's a that's a slam dunk. I, I love Robin Hood Men in Tights and I love um uh I forget the other one that we had the choice of. But uh this yeah. was like oh well, grandma's boy. I was like liar liar, I've been dying to do for the podcast for quite some yeah. time. And we also um so Jim Carrey being the MVP, this is the second MVP on the show, uh the first being Sonic the Hedgehog one. We've done so little Jim Carrey on the yeah. show, so we still have so much Jim Carrey to go. So I wanted to, you know, get him at his peak because I would argue this is maybe, oh, is this peak? Like what, what oh, that's so hard to rate. Like what is Jim Carrey at his absolute top? It's got to be 1994, right? The Mask and Dumb and Dumber come out the same year. <laughs> yeah, no. that's hard to beat. I think Ace Ventura came out the, the same year as well. Hold on. If they all three came out in the same year, that's insane. Ace Ventura 1 came out on February 4th, 1994, okay? The Mask came out on July 29th, 1994. And Dumb and Dumber came out on December 16th, 1994. Yeah, 1994 is Jim Carrey's Ace Mountain. That's, I mean, it's crazy that he peaks, like, immediately, but that's, that's maybe the greatest comedy year of all time. Like, that's... That's like if Bill Murray had Ghostbusters, Groundhog Day, and Stripes come out in the same year. Like that's or Eddie Murphy had Coming to America, mm-hmm. Beverly Hills Cop. Like that's that's ugh, disgusting. Um, well, our next guest star uh, uh, episode will be coming out in the month of April. Now we're in season two. What we're going to be doing is we're going to be alternating. So every other month will be uh, people that have never been on the show before, like Keaton and Kim. Um, but what we're going to do is we're going to go back and revisit some people that have been on the show previously. Um, and they're going to have guests with them that haven't been on the show. So, so it's a guest guest star? A guest guest star. Also, there's people that we've had on the show that we've just basically forced to do whatever we were going to be doing when we were like... Rich wanted to do Space Invaders. <laughs> right. So uh, so Rich has been complaining ever since we started this guest star thing uh, over a year ago. He's like, I didn't get to do this. I'm like, all right, well, you gotta get, we got to get through season one and then you can be in season two. So our next guest star episode will be Rich Camalucci, uh, Rip, whatever you want to call him, uh, with uh, Charlie Williams. Uh, so we are very excited for Charlie to be on the show, and we will finally let Rich be back on this and talk about a movie that the director won't hit us up on Twitter and complain about our review. <laughs> which legitimately, you don't know that. You don't know that. You, might, you guys remember this movie. Do you remember the movie Space Invaders? It came out in the early 90s. It was a movie about, uh, you know the movie I'm talking about? The aliens that come down to Earth and like one of them is doing a Nicholson impression for some reason there's a little there's a there's a black kid in a duck costume it's not very good it's bizarre it's weird uh so we did that with Rich like six or seven years ago on in the show yeah when we were like really promoting it in social media and we trashed this movie it's not a good movie at all the director found Rich on I think Instagram and was like 
he must have had like his Google alert set up to be like Space Invader review and found it and is like, you know, I just listened to the podcast and I, I hope you feel good about yourself that something that meant a lot to so many people that <laughs> gave Life people dreams. such such positivity yeah. was not good for you. So uh, like, fuck you very much. <laughs> We're like, we oh made it. God. Yes. <laughs> it was insane. <laughs> And then I looked up his IMDb and he also made like Baby's Day Out. And I was like, oh, yeah, screw this guy. <laughs> this, guy this, guy's a, this guy's a hack. Uh, so hopefully whatever Rich and Charlie pick, we will be able to do for that as well. And I'll go ahead and announce May as well because uh, we are Keaton Kim here for March. Uh, Rip and Charlie for April. Our next uh, uh, pair that have not been on the show before uh, will just be celebrating their one-year uh, anniversary uh, of marriage be uh madison kirby oh yes and uh and rob my, my my good close personal friend rob uh perrin i think i'm saying his last name right my, my good friend whose name last name i can barely say uh yeah so that'll be may uh so we got some good stuff coming up but before then the next couple weeks we're finally gonna knock out born on the fourth of july we're finally gonna knock out the curious case of benjamin button that movie we have ready or not now after it won the award last week for movie we should have watched well this is airing what if they didn't listen what if they listen out of order well, then you should have listened in order. That's an easy episode to watch, listen to or watch it. Well, just close your eyes and imagine us doing it. And that thing you do. So we have a good solid four weeks coming up on the show. But we cannot thank Keaton and Kim enough for joining us. This is a long time coming. Keaton, you're, you're a very underutilized podcast guest. I think this is only the second podcast I've ever done with you. Back in the day uh, when we had the Araka podcast, um, mm-hmm. where basically we just let you, you and Zangri come on air and make fun of me for 90 minutes. And uh, you, had, you had a bologna and ketchup sandwich. So thank you for joining. And, and, and Kim, uh, doubly for that, I, your insight and your, your comments here and, you, and the, the bunny ears you're giving to Keaton perfect. <laughs> are absolutely perfect. Uh, tell the people uh, if, you, if you have anything going on, if you want to plug anything or if you want to be found on social media, now's the time to let people know that. Or if not, just say, Nothing. <laughs> Don't look for me. No, it's always a, it's always a great time to chat with you guys and see you. Um, and uh, no, thanks for having us on, and we look forward to listening to the when it's when it's released. Hell yeah! And and like I said, we're gonna have people back on. We're absolutely gonna get you guys on to do uh, other podcasts and future seasons of the, the guest stars show. Uh, for us, uh, at your host, Malt38 on Instagram. For you, at Jam with your Sam. Uh, Facebook.com slash Married Movies, at Mary W Movies on Twitter, Married Movies at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show. We're part of the Arcade Audio Network of Podcasts. Go to arcadeaudio.net for this show and the others, like uh, the Blank Slate that I'm on, uh, where just a couple weeks ago, me and Rip and Connor Doyle talked about the, uh, the 2023 Oscar Awards. Uh, patreon.com slash arcade audio for bonus content and also for me my retro wrestling diary arcadeaudio.net slash podbloggle where yes i'm still in the year 1997 and i'm working my way through it i'm almost done by the time this is airing it's like november of 1997 so 1988 will legitimately take me an entire year though so that, that's not gonna be cool great. yeah um any final thoughts keaton or kim no it was, uh, it was, yeah, splendid being with you and uh, chatting with you guys. So uh, we look forward to doing it again. Hell yeah. Samantha, any, anything else? No, thank you guys so much. It's so great getting to talk to you and hearing your insights on the movie. And I'm so glad you guys picked it. It's really good. Um, a great watch. So awesome. Yeah. It was
This is Mullet. And Keaton and Kim signing out for this week's episode <laughs> of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch slash table. Slash the movies. One day we're going to get through a guest star show where we actually remember how we end the goddamn thing. Yeah, I don't remember. I think you were supposed to say everybody. I don't remember. We're not very good improvisers. Oh, I'm a You're great not improviser. A very good improviser. You're just not a good partner. I'm a great partner. Oh, such a shit. That's what I forgot to say earlier. <laughs> no, you said it. Oh, but so- we thought we didn't know you were right. quoting the movie. I just it's perpetual. I also forgot to say short, shriveled, and hanging to the left, which took me a way too long <laughs> to realize what he was talking about. <laughs> lies, 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 yeah. Died for Egypt. What a waste of time. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.